Black Lives Matter. So stupid, he comes across in front of me every single time you ever take. Where does he want me to go off the track? Guaranteed not to drive to Durham unexpectedly. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Thursday's news track. I'm sorry, I'm so out of touch. This news cycle. Yeah, this news cycle. That was the most relevant story in world news for about 48 hours. Great. It's a good thing we missed recording like World news, everybody. You really Hey everybody, I'm Andre Harrison and welcome to episode 243 of Motorsport 101. Coming to you live on This is another one of those news heavy editions. We're catching up again to get you through the second part of Motorsport. For once, like the good news in the grand scheme of things. Mostly good news. There's well, some good, there's some bad. But mostly indifference. Yeah, yeah, you know. Like, I, didn't, you, you, the, 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 I, got, I just looked at the sentence again. Oh boy. Um, it, it, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Or it was multi burns and saying it was the blurst of times. <laughs> With me as always. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Still got it great. Uh, With me as always. Keep the right kick. Hello, sir. Still a country here, so I guess things are okay. I don't know about that. that, that that's up for debate on, on, on an hourly basis. It's pending. Yeah, I don't know what Sunday night's gonna be like. You listen to this podcast, know that it happens. I don't. <laughs> what about a sport underscore 101 on Twitter for more updates? <laughs> In the meantime, we have Mr. RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Uh, good afternoon. Um, so, let you in on a little inside baseball. Dre had a very important work meeting. We were meant to record this on Wednesday. Uh, the work meeting happened and it, uh, stuff happened. We couldn't do it Wednesday. Thursday. We're supposed to record the show Thursday. And then King, uh, in trying to stay, got up early. And then knocked out of sleep. So, (laughs) and now today, the latest disaster to follow this podcast is that I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, look, honestly, and you know, it's even like it adds even more context to the joke is that me, King, and Cam are actually sharing our videos on Discord while recording this episode for the first time ever, because Discord added that as a feature, I think, last week or so. Um, yeah, we should have done this sooner. We really should yeah. have done. Like, you can see my, my ghast horror of my of my hairline in, in, in full motion as we speak. It's... Uh, it's a uh, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. Also, guys, if you, if you, if you peeped the addition to the Wall of Fame, um, there there is a Ken yeah. Griffey Junior jersey up here, and it is beautiful. Ah, oh, uh, you, you lucky bastard! bastard. <laughs> Found one on eBay. You love to see it, and it, it didn't burst my bank magic either. It was it was it was great. Look, it was great. 
All I got is sunburn, apparently. <laughs> what do you mean apparently? It's a fact. <laughs> this isn't all I got is all I got is a shattered bus stop across the street from my house. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 quality of our weeks have varying quality here. Um, the, the worst of it we had in the UK was that. Uh, a government advisor went for a little trip to a castle on his wife's birthday, and they're all just trying to cover it up, and now we're no longer in lockdown! It's great! Now, <laughs> I love the bold strat of, hey, don't know if I can see well or not, let me drive my motor vehicle. <laughs> Should have gone to Specsavers! It's so... Uh, Specsavers, if you wish to sponsor the podcast, please send your inquiries to at cbuckley917. Hi, Cam! Hi, Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Newly 23-year-old man here. Happy birthday, Happy Cam. birthday. The only birthday today worth celebrating. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you for my birthday. The country caught on fire. Yay! Now uh, burn out your candles and make a wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, um, no, hold up. Um, other birthdays that were today, uh, Andrea Chazaris, Daryl DMC McDaniels was born today. Any, any other decent birthdays of, of people that are actually worth mentioning? No? No, we're done. No, we're done. Yeah, fair enough. Nothing Colin Farrell. <laughs> Colin Farrell's all right. Colin Farrell's all right. We'll have a bit of Colin Farrell. That's that's cool. Uh, no, 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 no indie car drivers of note worth mentioning, as far as I'm concerned. Um, no, couldn't imagine any. No, no, no. Good enough. Uh, let's get the housekeeping out of the way real quick. Places you can find us real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport101. Oh, quick note, by the way, I forgot to mention. More YouTube videos, because that's always fun, isn't it? Um, more, more YouTube videos. More on there, indeed. As you, um, there is a bunch of stuff on there. There's a video about one of the key news topics we'll talk about later on in the show. It involves Formula E and a guy from Audi. You probably know which one. Um, another one about another news story that we'll get into in a minute about a certain Formula 1 team that's struggling even more than we thought. And one about the potential talk of reverse grids, which was quickly shot down by Mercedes. Can't imagine why. <laughs> John Bonham was also born today. Yeah, you know, you know, today is today is Joe Namath's birthday. Joe he, Namath, Broadway uh, Joe. Ah, oh, he's, he's 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 guaranteeing a good podcast recording. You'd love to see it. <laughs> um, here on Twitter, we're Twitter at Motorsport underscore one hundred one. If you want to follow our personal handles, you can um, at uh, Harrison one hundred one HD at RJ O'Connell at C Buckley nine one seven and at Ryan Eric King. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to um, to all of our shows before they go out. And uh, $10 gets you into the supporters section of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. Except for today, because we're being generous and we've opened it up to everybody on the server. Aren't you guys uh, lucky? We, just were, we were just too lazy to move into the supporter section. <laughs> yeah, we, were to, all, we were already there. <laughs> and to be fair, everyone that's in the Discord chat right now are either hosts, guests, or supporters of us. So this deal benefits precisely no one. It's great. Uh, we really thought that one through. Um, shout out to Steve. Now, if you, if you really, really, really like the show, you could go to... 
specsavers.co.uk <laughs> go to their contact form and then in the subject line put motorsport 101 sponsorship <laughs> and try to convince them to sponsor our show <laughs> we will also take offers from the developers of raid shadow legends and oh. all the usual staples H- H- honey you know yeah seat geek sure but we'll, we'll just line them up while you're at it why not there's no time like the present here folks but purple yeah, mattress you love to see it uh shout out to steve to vince to our man our man from across the pond lewis Sutterby. good to see you buddy uh shout out to, uh, to toki to rezzy who somehow is still awake at this ungodly hour and zoe is here as well so thanks everyone for listening in after this quick musical interlude we're gonna get into the news the super news, or something. Only the news. Or, or something like that, anyway. just, just re- All the news is fit to print. <laughs> King, is there something you're not telling us? I don't work for uh. the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, into the news, and we'll go from the top, and uh, more Formula 1 news, and it almost seems like we're beating a, a, a dead horse at this point, but uh, it's, it, unfortunately it's not good news for our friends at Williams, unfortunately. Um, oh. More more, more signs that uh, they are in a, a bad sign. They announced a couple of days ago, I think it was, uh, it was, it was Thursday, they announced that... Uh, they have terminated their title sponsorship with their main sponsor, Rocket Phones. Um, effective immediately. And our okay beverages. Yeah, man. So yeah, they... It's a whole rocket constellation. It's just gone. <laughs> the stars have, have, have disaligned, I guess you could say, um, on, on this occasion. So yeah, Williams have lost their two most prominent sponsors, unfortunately. And Claire Williams announced at the same time that the team is essentially up for sale, um, at least in part, um, possibly in full. They've said that full, a full sale of the team is an option. Um, and, you know, they've got, they've got the funds to get them through the 2020 season at least, but uh, the future of the team going forward is is sketchy. And I love that Rezzy immediately put in the general chat, so anybody left on the M101 piggy bank? Um, <laughs> I'm not putting money into that dumpster fire. <laughs> oh boy! Like, look, look we, we kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we recorded this. Um, uh, that you know that 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 uh, you know they, they took out a loan thanks to Michael Latifi and Nicholas's father that you know also owns a partial stake in McLaren. And uh, I, I wonder if Michael would sell his ten percent and maybe buy the whole team out. Uh, am I crazy for thinking this? Tell me, Maybe. That's a possibility. Because it, it it looks like they want to at least sell a part of the team because it's they well, announced. For damn sure, the new title sponsor isn't going to be no rich energy. Yeah, I don't yeah. think uh, I don't think the team survives past this year without at least a partial sale of the team. Yeah. So in the team statement, uh, they listed out their options. Quote the. 
Williams Grand Prix Holdings Board is undertaking a review of all the various strategic options available to the company. The options being considered include, but are not limited to, raising new capital for the business, a, divest a divestment of a minority stake in Williams Grand Prix Holdings, or a divestment of a majority stake in Williams Grand Prix Holdings, including mm. a potential sale of the entire company. I mean, between mm. the sale of the engineering division and the loss of all of their sponsors, outside of Latifi, they have quite literally no outside income. There's nothing. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, where would the income come from besides on-track success? And the way it's going right now, there's, there's no sign of that. As, as Resi points out on, on, on the general chat, yeah, they are publicly traded. Uh, but who's investing money in Williams right now? They're the back of the field. Who's investing in motorsport right now, really, with <laughs> right. the current world climate? <laughs> right. And and the thing <laughs> is that when you're a publicly traded company, you don't make money from your shares just being out there. You make that from the the IPO, the initial public offering of you selling those shares onto the market. When it's out there on the market, it's just people selling the shares in between each other. The money was just resting in their accounts, you see. Um, now, <laughs> but like I said, like is that no one's going to be rushing up at the door to invest in a company that lost thirteen million quid last year. Yeah, and it's their staff was already on furlough. They've already taken out a loan using their historic museum as the collateral on on right. that loan. And you know, like I said, their staff was on furlough. They've, you know, they've. It's it, it. I talked about this in my video earlier this week, but it pains me that a team that, for the most part, has done everything right since the hybrid mm -hmm. era began. You know, they built a brilliant car out of the box. They went from ninth to third in the constructors' championship. They got the right power unit supplier right away with with Mercedes. Right. They 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 bumped up Valtteri Bottas and he ended up being brilliant for him the first couple of years before inevitably losing him to Mercedes. They brought in Paddy Lowe who had a proven strong track record at Mercedes and it's all just gone to shit. And it's it's sad. It is it is sad that it's gotten to this point that now they've got to sell up and it would pain me to see anyone else other than a Williams majority own this thing. It feels like looking back at, you know, the last, let's say, 15 years of Williams as a team, it feels more like the initial hybrid success in 2014 and 2015 especially was more a blip. You know, they built a phenomenal car in the first year. They picked the right power unit. They had two very solid drivers. Mm -hmm. But even before then... Uh, 2013 was abysmal for them. 2012 was bad. 2012, they had a good car and it spent half the year in a wall because Bruno Senna and Pastor Maldonado were crashing out of great positions. Mm. On the other hand, did win that race in Barcelona in the dry against Fernando Alonso from pole position. Even then, the rest of their year was so poor, they barely improved on their previous year's constructor's position, even with I a win. I think Williams would take that. I think Williams would take that. Right Look, now, this they would year, the car, the car right was now, supposed to be maybe still the slowest, but not like by miles like it was like last, last year. year. And, Nothing and like then, year. of course, just as things start to turn around, coronavirus happens. Yeah, I mean, we kind of came into this year after preseason testing. You know, we, we saw their car... And how would I put it? Cautious optimism. Cautious that they optimism is the word. That they, 
Yeah, that they weren't as far off, nearly as far off as last year. And all the news since preseason testing ended has been awful for the team because right. of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. I, I mean, even before the pandemic, we all just theorized that they were just going to tread water till the financial regulations kicked in. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a situation where now in F1, they are the last true independent. Because mm-hmm. everyone else is either... A factory, you know, McLaren is unique in that they're an independent who happens to be funded by an actual car company. They just don't make their own engines. Right. Everyone else in F1 has either become a customer team, see Haas and Tracing Point, as we call them, (laughs) or a proper B team. And even the Tracing Points are edging their way to being a B team, considering that the new CEO of their company is also the CEO of AMG. Yeah, and then that's going to be the Aston Martin team after Lawrence Stroll put £170 million into Aston Martin as a car firm. The, the company yeah, the which... Unless you have backing like that, no, you can't no, be No, remember, the head of the car firm is now also the head of Mercedes AMG. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he yeah. got a new job. I think, I, I... No, no, it's 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 not a new job. He has both jobs the same. I know, time. I know. That's what I'm saying. He it's has both job. jobs. <laughs> no, no. You get to run Aston Martin and AMG. What a life! So does that mean Total Wolf's coming back to Williams? No. In fact, no. we'll get we'll get in we'll get into that. What's what, what, what's 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 he coming back for? To put out the wreckage? I mean, shit. No, like, <laughs> I hate to be. No, I, hate, it's... I hate to be mean, but like like. Why would anyone want to invest in this team right now? Like, and don't get me wrong, this is a general motorsport problem in general. Like, I, I, I yeah. look, I look at Lawrence Stroll's investment in 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 Tracing Point, and I weeped. I was just like, really? Like, Aston Martin announced that same month, their car sales went down ninety two percent in the month of February compared to last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, just just looking at it, like, you can't be an independent in Formula One without a billionaire backing you now. Yeah, like, like Red Bull, who are barely a, who are barely an independent, anyways. Like McLaren, like what will be Aston Martin. Because even with a cost cap in place, if you wanted to start a team from scratch, you need to build all the facilities, hire the personnel. Like the up, so up much cost is insane. It's yeah, a, up and it's a multi-year insane. process. I, I remember when Audi said they were considering taking part in Formula 1 when Red Bull were kicking up a stink about potentially leaving. And Audi surmised that the cost of starting a Formula 1 team from scratch would be $1.6 billion. Like, that's why everybody buys each other out rather than trying to start a brand new team from scratch or at least buy up the majority of their assets to to soften the financial blow of the capital coming in to fund it. Like, it's, it's well, not the way doable otherwise. It. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's the way Haas did it. And, yeah. um, you know, they bought the facilities from Marussia when Marussia entered full collapse in late 2014. Exactly. And so. kind of built the bones of their team on what they could from that. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. I, I hope I, I hope there's a positive that comes out of him. I hope something comes along and saves them. But the way the way the money is at the moment, like, I... Oof. Like who is investing in motorsport, especially in Formula One, which we've already, which we've always said, for for months at a time and years at a time, is not sustainable and it is not survivable if you're not in the top four. Whoop! My, 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 my watch went off. My Apple phone went off there. I oh, my phone. Sorry, my my watch went off there. My bad. Um, but uh, no, look, I said it's just it's just one of those new things Apple where, Watch owner here. 
Yes, 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 yes. Chris has been has, has been, has been reminding me relentlessly. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's know. just well, you know, in F in in a top flight motorsport like this, you have to either you have to adapt, or everyone else is going to pass you by. And Williams are the last of a dying breed, and it's in the current F one climate, it's next to impossible to survive. With no tie-ups to outside teams now. I love that Vic just pointed out on my camera, Dre, you're wearing your band on back to front. And I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. The, yeah. the, bene the benefits of video recording a podcast, everybody. Thanks, thank, thanks a bunch. Uh, way to go, Vic. There is, a, there is a lot of good people that work at Williams. Some Indeed. who will probably inevitably go on to... Good health willing, good health and fortune willing, they will go on to... Uh, a lot of good things in sport. They have some good drivers. They have some good people. They have a lot of heritage. It would be a shame you know, if all of forget. that was completely lost. Let's not forget, this is a team that was, for the longest time, a cornerstone of the sport. Second most uh, constructors titles of any other team. Nine, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Only... Oh, that sounds like another historic British manufacturer that's no longer with us. Oh. Is that British Leland? Is that Lotus? No. That is that sounds a lot like Lotus. Yeah, like it, Lotus. yeah. Looking like back Tyrell. at it, I know we mentioned it when uh, it, the initial like the mortgage news came out that it feels that this feels like the slow death of Team Lotus in the it, late eighties and the early nineties. It does, and I don't think I don't think there's anyone that wants to see Williams go away. Indeed, but uh, I, I hope brighter news comes around for them in the future. Right. This story is your main event of the evening, and uh, where do we know. even start on this? We're going to Formula E over here, now I'm going to try and, and, and quickly explain this one roughly. Now, last week, at time of recording, was round five of Formula E's virtual stay-at-home challenge. And yes, before you ask, it is another virtual series on the interwebs, because who hasn't done that in the last two months? Anyhow. Well, well, this is week five, Dre. They're a cornerstone of the sea. Are they really? I love that a month, um, a month of weekly races is now they're a cornerstone of the sea in this market. <laughs> you know who else probably got to week five for their season? The SFL. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh dear! Sand? No, anyway, no, anyway. we can't do that. Anyway, round so, yeah. five. The round yeah. five went down um, last week, and um, this was a race that I, I think I think it was Ollie Rowland that won the, uh, the 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 proper race, not the not the sim racer edition. Yes, Oliver mm -hmm. Rowland won the uh, Berlin Race at Home event. Yeah, he did. Um, I think it was Stoffel second, and then Daniel Apton third. Dot, dot, yes. dot. Also, we fought. Um, Big air quotes. Um, <laughs> the What's funny is, looking back on the broadcast, is that Stoffel Vandor was immediately suspicious after the race had finished, and he, <laughs> he felt that something wasn't right, especially given that Daniel's face cam we saw on the broadcast was largely obscured. Um, turns out, that wasn't Daniel in the seat of the car. Um, turns out instead that Daniel had called on a ringer. Um, he had actually gotten one of the esports drivers from the esports 
actual sim side of the event to take part instead. Lorenz Housering was his name, sorry if I butchered his name there, but Lorenz was filling in for Daniel during the race itself. Now, everybody kind of chuckled at this when this story kind of first came out, but it turns out the consequences got pretty steep pretty quickly. Um, Apt was disqualified from the race, now given the rather not serious nature of this series, everyone was kind of like, oh, well, might as well disqualify him, right? You know, looks pretty. Lorenz was, was then DQ'd from his race and banned from the challenge. Given it was only one more round anyway, I guess, oh no, what a pun. It, it should be mentioned that, that Daniel was also stripped of all his championship points. Yeah, so Daniel was basically disqualified from the entire um, virtual virtual stay-at-home challenge championship. Then he was forced to make a €10,000 mandatory donation to charity. And everyone was for, and that's not a That's not a drop in the bucket. Yeah, this was a charity event. Yeah, a charity event for UNICEF, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, so Daniel was then forced to make a €10,000 mandatory donation to UNICEF um, yeah, and stripped of all his points, etc., etc. So then, of course, the, 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 we, we had a, there was much more deep internal conversations about it on the internet. And then a day later, a bombshell dropped that Audi Sport had suspended Daniel Apt from its, from its racing partnership. Um, Suspended with no intention to return. Yeah. Yeah, like, the the writing was on the wall that, like, it was a matter of just making sure that it was legally possible to fire him. Yeah. So, for all intents and purposes... You thought I was Daniel Apt, but it was me, Dio! <laughs> uh, and, Jesus, um, I just took a flashback to 2015. Oh, JoJo's yeah. JoJo's is still good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah... Turns out Daniel Apt was sacked from Audi Sport and yeah, losing his, his, his drive of the Audi Sport Apt Scheffler Formula E team in general. Um, like, And of course, the internet ex- exploded into an, into an intense debate about whether this should have happened or not, etc., yeah. etc. Um, Daniel put out a lengthy emotional statement on his YouTube account um, but it was also a big explainer video. It was to awesome. How yeah. this was pulled off. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's he a went, prank, bro. Yeah, he he went into fifteen minutes worth of detail talking about what had happened, the thought process, the approach, the fact that Daniel had kind of alluded to it earlier on in the broadcast, almost as if it was a joke. Um, which I think yeah, it's like kind of a thousand was. people are watching. How did no one know? Yeah, it's like no one really took him seriously until it happened. Um, and yeah, it turns out that, that he explained it in full. It was a heartfelt apology. It was incredibly sincere. He, he said, don't know. An go actual, genuine YouTube apology video. Yeah, he's rare. Rare thing. He, he genuinely said, don't go after Lorenz. This was all on me. I take full accountability for what happened. He didn't even try and defend himself on this one he just he straight up only said look I, I, it was a it was a silly prank i got it wrong i take full accountability and basically accept any punishment that's been given basically and and it, it, this could be essentially a, a a retirement for act because i was talking about this with um inside electric our friends over there with hazel and katie who's been doing tremendous work over there by the way may i point mm-hmm. out um and he said in an interview with, with them over there last year that if audi didn't keep him on that uh he'd probably be done with formula e altogether because he reckoned the apt name was just too strong a, a name for him to go with anywhere else wasn't he also interested in that extreme e championship 
good luck hiring him over there now. Um, like, yeah. That's, that's damaged goods, yeah, that's officially. Um, so, yeah, you know, given that half the seats aren't even available for that series now, given the legislation's now come through, they have to have a few it's more drivers. It's a co-ed championship. You know, so there's even less availability for him over there because only half the seats are going to men. Um, so, that's the long and the short of it. Uh, Daniel App sacked and a ten thousand euro fine for calling in a ringer in a in a in a virtual series race, and everyone from me to guys in this Discord to guys on the internet, YouTubers, you name mm. it, they've all weighed in on where they stand on this. His, Jim, fellow, his fellow drivers, yeah, his fellow drivers have chipped in as well. James Collado and Antonio Felix da Costa immediately turned around and said, "That's it, no more streaming. We're not taking any chances here," and. Like I know, we know people in, within Formula E's journalistic side and, and and media side, the Hazels, the Katies of the world, who were all just devastated to hear this because, by all accounts, Daniel's one of the good ones, and you know he's a funny, entertaining guy. He's a darn solid driver in that series. Maybe not in the last year or so, as the results did tail off a little bit last yeah. season, but. Um, I mean, where do we even start on this one? It, it, this is like the this is the arguably the third major case now of a virtual racing series yeah. that has now it's... had now had very real life so, very real life consequences as a result. And it's let's let's start with the prank itself, mm. where in his video makes a point where it's like he wasn't you know quote not trying to hide it. He didn't use like a VPN to make. Lorenz looked like he was in Germany, like, with using Daniel App's IP. Like, yes, he did. The, like, he didn't do that. Didn't try to hide that part. But clearly, when you're obscuring the face cam with the microphone, and like, Lorenz was really fast. He led part of the race. Oh yeah. He also affected the outcome of the race where contact with Stoffel Van Dorn probably cost him the race win. Yeah, yeah not there was idea. it was obvious something was up. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Stoffel didn't, didn't Dario and Jack also say like, wow, Daniel Laps are really fast, much faster than last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Dario Dar- said something along the lines of, oh, his dr- his whole driving style is completely different. Exactly what I was yeah. about to say. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Um that uh, yeah, they, they they straight up said his driving style is different from last week. And so yeah, every, everyone was kinda half hinting at it, but no one had put two and two together quite yet. And uh I think they did put it together. They just didn't want to say it on the broadcast that was being broadcasted globally on television. That is probably also true. Um it's it's it it, it, it was ugly on this one, and I I can understand that Daniel is a bit of a joker. I can understand that he's a very charismatic guy and, you know, he doesn't take himself too seriously. But what did he expect to gain from doing that? Like Exactly. Like what yeah. like, what was like what was the payoff? That, 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 like, for people saying, oh, this is this is ludicrous, this is over the top, this is ridiculous, etc. etc. I always answered ask, I always gave him back the same question. What was what what was what was the gain from this? Like what was the honestly upside? like if you try to come with like the the simplest idea of what the payoff could have been was just to make the series look stupid. And don't get me wrong, that's not particularly hard given that 
this series has not exactly been flying the flag for sim racing. Yeah, as well, far as... Yeah. As, as, as driving like standards. A, the way I look at it is that it feels like everyone's on a different page on how serious this should be taken, where you can't tell me that the, these races should be taken seriously when you have a 15-car pileup at turn one every single race, which isn't no, uh, altogether inaccurate with FE. But yeah, still, right. Hold, hold your jokes. The whole, the whole point is they're using our factor too. The only yeah. thing with it as a sim is that the only thing it's going to recreate is aesthetics. That the cars and the liveries looked authentic and that the tracks were authentic yeah. and realistic. Yeah. The cars couldn't be further away because our factor is designed for cars with internal combustion engines. Though I, I do have to point out that they do model how they accelerate well like has instantaneous torque just like an electric car they just can't model you know like how a battery regenerates electricity that's oh that 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 negligent factor (laughs) no yeah that 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 big part about you know yeah car drives but it it feels like effie effie's treating this like they're fun events drivers are just not giving a shit and driving like they don't give a shit no no the thing is that it feels very split, where some yeah. drivers don't care, while other drivers are putting in yeah, hours like, upon hours a week of practice I, to try to win. And that's when it the feels problem. like you've got that case in every series right now. Every one of these virtual series. And that's the problem. If if half, if only half the field are taking it seriously, it might as well be no one, because it only takes a small fraction of the field to wreak chaos amongst everybody. And that's, exactly. And that, like, it, like as we saw with IndyCar's iRacing Challenge, we all took it seriously until Pagano was wrecked. And then it, it only took, essentially, two guys driving like twats for it to stain the look of an entire series, which was widely positively received up until that point so and then you get to the manufacturers who are taking it dead seriously because it's their name on the cars regardless of whether it's their pr exercise exactly like it it's it's far more than a pr exercise because it's their name on the cars and this is in place of the race broadcasts on television right like tv channels were picking this series up eurosport was airing was errors was airing it here in the UK and like and this is this has been across the board for many series like the like Quest has aired the MotoGP Stay at Home series Eurosport has done the Formula E series because they broadcast the sport for real over here in the UK you know um, the Formula One and IndyCar series were picked up by Sky Sports F1 so everyone's jumped on the wagon to to have these events on on TV to fill the void of the races we were meant to get so like. It's it it sucks that the well, one token you know like, like as King points out they are more than a PR exercise They're, like your name is all over national television you know like and it's, especially it, now it, there's no other sport going on exactly you have nowhere to hide well it's, not for now Prem back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like unless if you do something like this there's nowhere to hide yeah it is, we're in an unprecedented situation where virtual racing was just about the only live sport on TV worth a damn for a couple of months um, and now like the whole eyes of the racing world are upon you and Daniel Apps made you look like a goddamn conk because now you know it's it, it's a mess in that one. And, um, like, yeah. at the point in time when this has happened, mm. a lot of things has happened since that race weekend, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, if anything, I am very glad that things got pushed back because it's kind of 
giving us all time to just like mm. think about it. Yeah, but like it, it's insane because of now with the added context of what's happening in the world now, the the Daniel app gets a ringer in the in a sim race was the biggest sports story in the world when it happened. It was. Yeah. I mentioned. I mentioned this. I mentioned this in the video. It was picked up everywhere. It was on CBS Sports. It was on Sky Sports itself. It was in the Irish Times, the London Evening Standard. It made it made national press in newspapers here in the UK. This was a That's massive wild. story. Now, mm. now, when you when you're sitting there as an Audi executive, how does it feel when your company is on the front and back pages? Because you know other things were happening. You're you're double siding the newspaper with two negative stories. You just took your cup, parent company just took another L in the German court for what seems like the twenty seventh consecutive time. Same day. Same day. Yep. Honestly, like, I, I don't think that court decision is as big as a lot of people were making no. out to be, considering that the United States did the same thing just last year, except at ten times the scale. Right. So, and I also want to point out that this isn't even, like, the biggest job loss in, like, the automotive industry, because around the same time, uh, McLaren cut 1,200 jobs. Renault's job cuts were in the tens of thousands. Nissan lost 6.2 Bill with a B. Yeah. Yeah. Renault laying they off. They got 15, a new Z car coming. I was, I was like, Renault laid off fifteen thousand this this week, and but somehow are keeping the F one team. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, like, because Dre. Uh. Just quick side note: all those jobs getting cut are not in France. That was a part of the bailout deal. Of Can't cut any jobs in France. Keep, keep the keep the keep the, keep the keep the hometown boys in there. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. can't say I mean, at the end of at one, the but... end of this situation, Formula E looks incompetent for not catching this earlier. Indeed. Audi, in the eyes of many people, look heavy-handed. Whether it's justified or not. People will just look at them that way. An app looks like a moron. Also justifiedly look like looks like a moron. Yeah. I mean, everyone hey. look. Everyone has egg on their face over this. Everybody looks stupid. Six hey. months ago, six months ago, we were in a similar situation where a driver did something without the approval of his team or sponsors, and he lost his job. And yeah, was that, that was that was total bullshit to begin with. Yeah. And for those not paying attention to Home King, who are you referring to here? James Hinchcliffe. Yeah. That was heavy-handed and unjust. And if if I were in charge of the Audi Sport Formula E team, I would be I would just be like, Daniel, this is really stupid. You made us look bad, but you've been a valuable contributor to us, and I'm gonna fight to keep you on this team as much as I can. Uh, like, I, un- I, unfortunately, how unfair and how heavy-handed it may look, we've learned in racing, there's no such thing as asking for forgiveness, only asking for permission. Yeah, mm. and yeah, like, I'm, look, I'm as bitter as anybody over James Hinchcliffe's release, but that's what they're allowed to do, as harsh as it is. And look, in my heart of hearts, I will always say that I felt like the ten grand fine was enough, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I did too. Um, well, it felt but, like Fe was just Fe left it even, there and was ready and, to move yeah. on. 
And don't get me wrong, ten thousand euros is a significant that's amount a lot of, money. of money. Like that's a I lot of money 10, for a Formula E driver. There's not a lot of people in the world that could that that would wouldn't feel a thing over losing ten grand out of their bank account right here. I and don't even have that much saved up. Fuck that, no chance. <laughs> but I I I think the sacking was harsh. I think in this very instant gratification world where we get mad about things for a week and then something else comes along. I think if they'd have kept it hush out, they could have probably kept Daniel on the books. But I completely understand why Audi felt like the heat was too strong and they had to let him go. Um, because it was an embarrassing look for Audi as a brand and they've, they've been plastered enough as it is in the last few months. Um, yeah. and, and So from that standpoint, I understand. But I think the overall arc of, of this incident to me is, and I think I mentioned it in my video, it all boils down to one question. Just how seriously should we take these events? And Lewis made a very good point in our Discord server about this, and, you know, forgive his relative bias, <laughs> but uh, he makes a valid point in that he says, forgive me for using the obvious example, but the MotoGP version doesn't take itself seriously at all, but the riders all participate in that spirit. These virtual races only work if everyone, in capital letters, buy involved buys into what the series is meant to be about. Hey, Dre, uh, question. How right. much do you buy in this theory that, like, this was a very convenient ticket for Audi to try and get an upgrade in the driver department? I don't especially buy it. given that they are, Especially given that they have another major factory program that's about to be uh, made redundant. <laughs> yeah, look... I, I get it. That I, was kind of the prevailing rumor for months, is that they were looking to move on from Apt. Yeah, I mean, but, but my logic was, if that was the case, they could have let him go at the end of last season. And and they didn't. So if, if, that, if, if yeah. that was... If nothing had really changed, we only had a couple of races in this most recent Formula E season to begin with. So if my logic is... Well, my, at least the way, I think, the way I thought about it was this. If they had rumblings over letting Apt go... They would have done it at the end of last season. Nothing would have really yeah. changed from this season to suddenly make them think, hmm, is Apt expendable? Are we looking for a reason <laughs> to get rid of him? I, I, I don't quite buy that. I think I think the reasons are convenient. I think a lot of them have put two and two together to get 22 on this one. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't sit there with confidence to say that oh Audi was looking was looking for was looking for a reason to push him out the door I can't I, I can't get there on that one because like, my logic is Apt's kind of a known quantity in Formula E at this point he's been there every single season you know what Apt yeah, is bringing he's... to the table and this was like last season was his last real it was, it was his first real proper sketchy year in Formula E um, yeah you know so he's I... been solid up to that point like I look at the options that Audi's looking at like. Just in the context of Formula E, Nico Muller has struggled because he is stuck on the Dragon Bus, and Rene Rast had a cup of coffee at a Guri what seems like eons ago. They are not proven commodities. No. And a lot of people are very quick to jump on that wagon as his replacement, and, you know, it's 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 not ideal, but I, I, I don't see... I don't see the logic in suddenly like if if this theory was true that they were looking for a reason to get apt in, they were doing all that for Nick Cassidy, really? Like, which, <laughs> who, who is Cassidy's doing perfectly not, well? Cassidy's not breaking that Toyota deal. Shit. Yeah, things are going real, real fine for him over in Japan with Toyota. Right. Yeah. So, 
ain't happening. Yeah, so like 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 I said, go I, with Robin Friends. Why not? So yeah, I I I I like I said, the overriding point for me is, and look, we're 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 gonna come to the end of this virtual sim racing um, stopover in the next few weeks, given that you know we have you know NASCAR's already back, IndyCar is back, you know next this time next week. Um, oh, shit, that's this know, week. Yeah, we'll, we'll go get to that in a minute. You know, MotoGP is most likely going to be back in the middle of July. Formula One's going to be back in early July, by the looks of it. So we're not going to have mm. any, much more of these virtual events going on, apart from the other big esports firms like like Veloce and the Redacted. So well, and the W Series. Yeah, the W Series. Well, no, no fair play. I did forget about them. Sorry about. Uh, my apologies to, to Chatters and the gang on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mentioning of drivers' names was purely coincidental there, um, but Rwanda's own Naomi Chef. Yeah, yep. so it's it, it it is an overriding like like I I wonder what we're going to take away from this series because I think the the good has far outweighed the bad in these virtual races, and I've had a lot of fun in following them and when watching these drivers and yeah. and, and and whatnot. But at the same time, there has been three enormous accidents or three enormous stories that have come out of them that have had very real world consequences and I argue four. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of them with very yeah. different cut some and of least, them with very different degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Between <laughs> let's see, losing sponsors, um dropping N bombs. Yeah. Waiting laps to take out leaders and hiring imposters. What a month. And also it should be noted that Lorenz being disqualified from the Challenger race at home series means he won't get an opportunity to race for the actual test seat that's on offer for whoever yeah. wins. This that. has actively affected his real life career as well. Yeah, it's easy. To, it's easy to forget that in the midst of all this, and uh, there was a very big real world prize at the end of that stay at home challenge. So. Yeah. Case in point. Not anymore. Like case in point. Like how seriously should we be taking this? Like, like how the problem is for, for me. The how I look at it is, it is going to be incredibly hard to get to get that many people on the same page. I remember Hazel put it out there when apps got released. They were literally telling the drivers it's just a bit of fun. And that's the problem again. Is you have yeah. the series saying it's fun. You have half the drivers Being taking told it seriously, fun. and half of them. Being told it's uh, fun. Sponsors. You have the sponsors it's... taking it seriously. The brands taking it seriously. Everyone's on a different page, and it blows up in everyone's face at the end of the day. Because I remember no one Marshall Pruitt making a comment on Twitter after they organized the first, not the blank GP series, the first All-Star Series events. And his takeaway was that, hey, these sponsors are pissed off because they weren't invited to these hastily arranged events. <laughs> That's a good point. They can't have a say in this. Because these series are mostly run by esports firms and they're trying to make their own buck on the side, given this is a golden opportunity for them. You know, this is content they wouldn't... Yeah, didn't Velashe literally week two sign a deal with the Motorsport Network? Yeah. Yeah. Week two. Yeah, and they're now now partnered with McLaren Shadow Program for World's Fastest Gamer. So... McLaren McShadow. Like, so, like, 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 don't get it twisted. Like, sponsors are mad because other firms have been opportunistic. 
Some some have signed deals with Motorsport Network. Others have, you know, buddied up and bought things like WTF1 we saw a couple of weeks ago. So everybody's got their own reasons to be in it. There's reasons for people to take it on varying degrees of seriousness. And if yeah. and if the sponsors are taking this seriously, but do the sponsors want their drivers to win? I, I, Daniel I, App said it himself. Daniel App was of the opinion, like, "Hey, you know, this is all right, I guess, but I just it's not fair. Uh, this probably isn't for me." And, and that's that's fine. If these drivers don't want to take part, they shouldn't be mandated to do so. Like that that's the whole point. I, I think I ultimately agree with Cam's point that you, it's impossible to get everybody on the same page and if you want more proof of this, I I saw a bunch I of I don't fans think it's straight. impossible because and we'll get into it later, the virtual 24 hours of Le Mans, they have put out a oh, rule book very good. clearly stating you are going to take this seriously or there will be real life consequences. Sure. They did their homework. This virtual 24 hours of Ma looks awesome. They yeah. said they saw this story too many times. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, I saw a bunch of F1 fans when Apt was announced to be to be sacked that oh, don't take it so seriously. Be like the Formula 1 virtual series. Which my response was, do you know how much sponsor money and rigs that Red Bull have thrown at people to get their big names in these races to spike a buy rate? Yeah, because remember remember the first couple weeks when people dunked on that series relentlessly because they struggled to get even one Formula One driver Everybody in hitched on the wagon and then like Red Bull started throwing rigs at people because they wanted some celebrities in there. Why do you think Ben Stokes took part in the second one? Because he's sponsored by Red Bull. Luis Fonzi, who hasn't been culturally relevant in three years, is out here Liam doing Payne this shit was for called, Liam Payne was called in for the first one from One Direction. Then you had Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad, Alessio Romagnoli, the captain of AC Milan's football club, Sergio Aguero. Ian Poulter just flexing on Ian us Poulter with his car with his in the back. You know, like as mentioned, the... The, as I, I as I jokingly said on video, that twat that sung Despacito, um, <laughs> you know, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was at the latest one at Monaco. Rep, you have to go to the Arsenal footballer, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, one of the best strikers in world football. He's taken part in. Let's not forget, and Zoe put this in the chat. These same people who are saying to not take it that seriously are the same people demanding that Simon Pagano, who won last year's Indy 500, mm. I cried. Uh, to be sacked because he took out Lando in a virtual race. Can't have this both ways, people. You you, you, you can't have B- this pick both a ways. Pick a hell to die on. Appar- apparently you can, given the state of the world and current events. You can't be okay with them drafting in every celebrity who done it under the sun to pop a cheap viewership rating, but then also ask for drivers to be punished if they don't follow the rules. It's nonsense. Like, so you have to pick a hill it? to die on here. So you know, if you can't have a dog in this fight, then you know, sit down and shut up. As far as I'm concerned, because like everybody's kind of been winging it on this from day one, and I'm not sure what the right answer is personally. But ugh, it's it's been a messy one, and a part of me is kind of glad that this is you know over for the most part, but. It's 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 messy, and it's it's a shame that there's been so many real life consequences to what we've been watching. But sometimes for good reason, sometimes a shame in some cases. Yeah, you know, mm. other mm. times it's just mixed. I think it, I think you can bring it back to Chris's quote of, "You are professionals, act accordingly." 
Yeah. yeah. If, but, if only it were that simple. <laughs> I, I think that's no, kind of where it begins. Is, no, ends. no. Like, like, there's just a level of decency. You don't have to go out there and win. Just show up. Yeah. Apt could have just, like... App could have just unplugged his. He could have unplugged his LAN cable and pretended his internet went. Uh, Lance, yeah, I, fi- I, I fixed my Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! So, so, about, yeah. so well, about that meat space racing. <laughs> Can we just like have them sit down and just play Wipeout HD Fury instead and just get this? Oh, over I with? love that. Get them play. Get them to play some COD. Get them to play. They got paneled upon Tetris Attack on Super Nintendo for the Switch now. That's awesome. That's good fun. I want to see the LeClaire brothers play uh, play Mario Kart 64. I, I want Lando Norris, Alex Albon, and George Russell to sit down with an instruction manual and play keep talking to, and, and keep talking until everybody explodes. Um, and that, <laughs> that would be hilarious content. But sadly, that, that season's probably coming to an end very quickly, given that actual motorsport will be back in the next month or so. But uh, real motorsport. Probably for the best. Moving along to some quick calendar-related updates first and foremost, it's looking very much like Formula 1 will be back on July 5th at the Red Bull Ring in Spielberg. Hooray! It's probably going to be a doubleheader. It's going to probably be a doubleheader with another race the following week. Um, Oh, it's already been confirmed as a doubleheader. Yeah! Yeah. There was some worried about Silverstone. Yeah, it, it, although it, the story on that has come through in the last half hour on that motorsport.com published. Y'all, I told y'all they were going to get that in, Yeah, even it, if they said they weren't going to. Yeah, they said no at first, but it's looking like the UK government is going to lift its 14-day quarantine to allow elite sports-related personnel to travel in and out. Um, elite, elite, elite. So uh, it's looking like... Boris has had a change of heart and is going to try everything to uh, raise herd immunity. Get them approval rates um, up. To, sorry, to, raise, to raise herd immunity. No, sorry, host the British Grand Prix. Sorry, that, that, that's what I was looking for. Um, oh. uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's looking like the British Grand Prix will be on its end of July, early August. Um, and that'll hey, be you know it's not on this year. You know it's not on this year, though. What's that? Dutch Grand Prix. Dutch Grand Prix is off. Anyway, yeah, oh, they're, not getting, they're not getting the big bank boy. I want the big bank boy. I want line deck Bach in my life. <laughs> King, what's we going on? We have line dyke Bach at home. <laughs> it's not the same. Sadly, we regret to inform everybody that uh, Holland in general has been cancelled. Um, thanks to Rory in the Discord. Um, thanks for that. Um, yeah, no Zandvoort this year. The only thing you're going to be getting for that is the virtual version when F1 2020 comes out in July. Um, Codemasters sponsor us. Why is it yeah, inaccurate? Yeah, it doesn't have the safer barriers. Oh, God. These virtual walls. <laughs> Cody's in their awful track representation. Um, anyway. <laughs> but what if That's... what if Jordan Taylor hits one in his motion rig? <laughs> He's getting catapulted out of his bedroom window and halfway down the street. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. The motion rigs, people. 
We need um, these soft walls. On two wheels, it's worth <laughs> pointing out. Well. It's not been mentioned in our set list, but I want to get it in there anyway. Um, it was announced earlier this week. Bad news. No British Grand Prix at Silverstone for MotoGP this year. And no... Wait, MotoGP doesn't get the exception? Nope. <laughs> Um, Damn, <laughs> MotoGP getting called out as not elite. This is bullshit. I don't, think it, I don't think it's for that reason, but in general, I don't think Silverstone can afford to have both this year by the looks of it. So, yeah, yeah no British Grand Prix and very sad news. No Australian Grand Prix this year either. <laughs> Nothing. Don't, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Fuck it. Yeah, cancel, cancel, season. cancel <laughs> Season's over. the season. Lewis, tell your boss. <laughs> End it all. Get, get your mans. Oh. On the other hand, there I'm sure there is a stretch of land in Spain that could be made into a one-to-one replica of the Philip Island Grand Prix circuit. I'm just saying. <laughs> we, we, I'm just we, saying. We, we've got to play a virtual version instead, but no Philip Island. No, no, we have the science. We can rebuild it. <laughs> uh, arguably the single best motorsport mainstream series race in a calendar year is off the table. I am devastated. Um, Go watch the Superbike race on that one. Although the only positive here is that it's like all all signs point to their season started on July nineteenth at Haref for a double header over there. So yay, I guess. Yeah, um, you forgot. Yeah, we forgot. Yeah, in case you didn't know, Moto three and two started their season. Moto GP didn't. Yeah, so we've, yeah. We've, not, we've not had a MotoGP race so far this season. We haven't even had a wheel turned in anger yet. We've, we've, we've already had a Moto2. Mark Moto Marquez team. is having time to heal up. Yeah, Mark Marquez just got a good, uh, a good what, four months extra to heal up that shoulder? Good luck, indeed. everybody. I heard Superbikes are coming back in August. They are indeed looking like they'll be back at Bruno in August, so that's another positive sign. Um, mm. The only bad news for Marquez is that he's pretty much lost all his bank arounds, except except probably Aragon. <laughs> by the sounds of it, it's looking like Aragon will, will have will have at least one race, and it's looking like maybe they'll race at Cota, but it's not looking likely. Um, so then, I would love to see some more double headers in that MotoGP calendar. I think there'll be more coming soon. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, so more on that soon. Um, shall we talk about... Oh, yeah, let's talk about the WMSC announcements. Um, because there's been some big changes to the upcoming plan to Formula 1 in 2021. The cost cap has been confirmed to be reduced. It was going to be $175 million. It's now going to be $145 million instead. A $30 million reduction. And that will be, I think, I think it's going to be 2023 when that's fully in place, King. I think it's a sliding scale when it comes down year to year. Yes, it's a sliding scale down to... Yeah. Uh, 135. That would be the set total after the sliding scale. Initially, they were able to get uh, 145, and the next year it goes down to 140, and then 135 in the. Can I just say it's funny that like the idea of reducing costs in the sport is to have the teams only spend 120 million pounds a year? Like, (laughs) 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 am I the only one who finds that funny? Like, like just economics. Economics, everybody. Like, no, no, you're spending. You got, okay, we, okay, you got to spend 120 million pounds, no more. <laughs> not a, Shit. Yes. There are some baseball teams that kill to have a 125 million dollar payroll right now. 
there's some small European militaries that would love to have that kind of money. There's some small European football clubs that would love to have that kind of money. That's like one whole Jaden Sancho. It's great. Like, <laughs> but um, oh gee, so yeah, that's the going to be the cost cap details in our footy and play. Um, but uh, also, there's going to be a, a aerodynamic development concession system put in place. Ah, uh, yeah, the crown, the holy grail has finally arrived. Y'all, we keep telling y'all that Formula One should just keep cribbing ideas for MotoGP. Look. Rider I, I, numbers. I, I, I've said it before. Like, when the when MotoGP went to standardized DCUs in 2016, everybody hated it until they had nine different winners in a Grand Prix that's nine different Grand Prix winners that season. They had the independent win streak broken by Jack Miller in Assen, uh, one that had been gone for, for nearly 10 years. And by the end of the season, everybody turned around and said, you know what? It was good for the sport. <laughs> it had one of its best one of its best competitive seasons the sport had ever seen. And this is like great. Like my- one in twenty twelve. Yeah. My heritage. So King, do we have any details on how this is gonna work initially, basically? Okay. So at the start of the year, F one will set uh an allowed number of uh test runs you're allowed in a wind tunnel on a per week basis mm-hmm. uh and it's only one number but where you finish in the championship last year will determine what percentage of that number you're allowed to use okay the previous year's world constructors championship will only be allowed to use 70 percent of that number of runs so if that number Se- is uh 10 tests the the champion can only test seven times right yes so it's a, so it's a, so it's, so it's a percentage of a pre-designated number for everybody basically Okay. Yeah, so it keeps things flexible so they could change the, the number of runs allowed each year without having to change the scale. It makes things simple. Gotcha. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then second place in the championship, you get 75, third, 80%, fourth, 85, and you keep going down in 5% increments till you reach the full 100% for seventh place. And you're like, hey... There are more than seven teams. Yes, if you finish eighth, you get 105. Ninth, you get 110%. And at tenth place, or if you're a new team to F1, because, yes, these rules are in effect the season before you enter the sport, Mm. you're on 115. Nice. I, I like the bold assumption that there will still be seven constructors in Formula One by the time these regs come into place. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! But no. Oh, hey, NASCAR just started. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is objectively a good thing, and I am glad that F one has act has actively turned around and realized for the first time in a while. Hang on. Well, we should probably be making an active effort to try and bring the field closer together. Because we haven't seen a lot from the yeah. sport to suggest that in, in recent years. So the cost cap, probably a net positive in the grand scheme of things. And aero concessions is absolutely a plus where that's concerned. Because aero development is a key part of the season. So I should point out that this uh the concession system will come into place for next season right. though at a at a less 
at a much shallower scale, where the, where this year's constructors championship will be allowed ninety percent of runs, fifth place gets a hundred, and then tenth place gets a one twelve point five. So it's instead of it being a five percent increments, it's it's two and a half percent. Um, I'll get my calculator. What's what's two and a half of, of, of what's two and a half percent of nineteen runs? Um, uh, how do we? I I, <laughs> I assume they're just gonna like round up. Yeah, round up. It's yeah. like yeah, yeah. We'll round up to the nearest factor of five. Quick, everybody, get get the wind tunnels going, boys. <laughs> oh dear, but uh, no, this is objectively a good thing. Now we we, we also we we have to I touch like we have to touch on the brief story as well that came out in, um, in the redacted this morning, talking about the and this is becoming a bit of a yearly catfish story reverse grid races everybody Woo! <laughs> well according to the redacted's rival uh the monolith Ooh. that proposal is doa yeah. because one team don't want it i wonder which one could it be the reigning six-time <laughs> constructors champions mercedes by any chance you know the team that the team that also has a car that is famously poor and dirty air <laughs> never never but uh yes unfortunately Merck's shot that down and let's be real here why the hell would they ever allow that to go forward in the first place jesus christ like come on now like um th- th- this is what we would call a williams shaming session <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to stick George Russell up the front so he can give the fangirl something to be excited about. <laughs> Until he gets overtaken three laps in. Um, look, I'm not... Hey, hey if they do it at Monaco, they might win. I, I, God, yeah. I, I, I mentioned this in the video that I put out on the channel this morning. I, In this unique climate where we're probably going to have multiple double headers over the course of the year... And we will. When we probably will. We've already got two guaranteed for Aus- Austria and Silverstone. There'll pro- probably be more coming by the time we get a full calendar unveiled. Like, I can understand why you might want to give something like this a shot in this climate. Because, inherently speaking, double headers in this climate is boring as hell. <laughs> like, you're not... Mm. Like, if a race ends up dull, you're not going to be sitting there excited going, oh, I can't wait for the same track again next week. Max Verstappen... It's like when we might have, like, a World Cup of, mo- of NBA when we... when it, if, if and when we get back to the NBA. Like, right. it might be just, like, a World Cup just tournament. Just think 15 years ago, you're thinking, damn, I can't wait to see another Truly Train in two days. Oh yeah, look, look, that's my point. So I'm I'm just sitting there going like it's 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 not ideal to say the least. It it's it's throwing <laughs> stuff at a wall to see what sticks. <laughs> exactly. And in this climate I can understand, but it's 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 oh, it's not ideal to say to say the least on that one. Not at all. Um but would was it's it's, it's like, like a while, I can understand why somebody might go I might go. You know what? It might be worth a try, given that the double headers on their own might backfire in terms of from purely from an entertainment standpoint. Um, you know, if if a race is shit, you're not going to want to see the same race again five days later or so. So, yeah, I I I get. But it. I don't know. Maybe you'll be like NASCAR and be like, hey, maybe the second one ended up better than the first one. <laughs> Funny you mention that. 
there's a chance. There's a chance. You know, etc. Et, et um, they're also going to have relentless rain delays because nature is telling them, hey, stop racing. <laughs> but this is Formula One. They they race in the rain. They're not ca- they're not afraid to race in the rain. Funny comment from Lewis. Hey, I'd happily see Dovi Marquez two more times in Austria. Yeah, yeah. Well, well played, Lewis. Well played. Um, speaking of MotoGP and speaking of Ducati, <laughs> I get to finally say this properly. He's Jack Miller. Welcome to Jackass. Now, 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 now. Oh, jeez. Down, down, down. Jack, it what happened? A, what has Stefano done? Jack Miller is Jack coming Miller. to the is coming to the Ducati factory team, ladies and gentlemen. It's happened at last. Yes. Keep God out of California. Yes. <laughs> Victory is ours. Jack Miller is going to the factory Ducati team next year on a one-year deal with the option for a second. Um, the funny thing about it is, is is that we don't know which rider he's going to be replacing in that Ducati mm. camp. We've made, we've we've alluded to the rumours around the Vizioso that keep on swirling, and again there was rumours last week about Petrux possibly going to World Superbikes next year, and you know it's, it's Ducati's got a, a a war chest of riding talent underneath it, and uh. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Watch I, it be I, neither. Watch it, it be neither Petrix or yeah. Davi. Watch us, watch us run this Keltenborn gambit with like a fervor we've never seen. Yeah, just stick a third guy in there. They, they won't know this. The, the, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll call them the ringer. We'll pretend it's McKaydy Piro. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Valentino Rossi back to Ducati. No! <laughs> what gave it away? The bright yellow helmet on the front of the bike, sure. How, how did we guess it was Rossi? How did we know? Um, but uh, no, Jack Miller is going over there. It's 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 it was a no-brainer move. Jack Miller's been very good in the Pramac setup for a couple of years now. Last year, in particular, he was very strong. Five podium finishes last season for the Pramac team. He led them on 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 f- what was essentially a factory bike in the first place, and. We, we mentioned before there was rumblings about this into the end of last season, given they were thinking about dropping Petrix early um, for, mm. for Miller and swapping them over. That didn't quite materialize. But yeah. um, then uh, Petrix won in Italy the same weekend that Miller put it on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that was wasn't that crazy. Petrix is one and only GP yeah. win, and it was a and, stunning win at that as well. Um, yeah, uh, and then of course in the second half of the season, Petrux Petrucci performed so below par Marquez basically won the team championship over Ducati alone yeah and Ducati's philosophy has been clearly been this season we want two big names on the bike I mean that's why they were trying to throw money at Fabio they were trying to throw money at Maverick Vinales they tried to throw money at Alex Rins they failed on all three counts they struck out Um, they tried to hire half the grid basically and you know, everybody there knocked him back. Um, so it turns out that uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how, what good it is for Miller's confidence to say one, you were the fourth choice, and two, you were only giving you a one-year contract guaranteed. When most of the time in GP, it's two. Um, but I hope they they invest in Miller and give him the time to be a success. Because I, oh yeah, I don't see any reason why Miller can't challenge for wins if he's got the right setup underneath him. 
I, like, Look, he's put in a lot of hard work to get to the stage lot. that he's at. Let's not forget, he double jumped from Moto3 when he was championship runner-up there. And then yeah. went straight to a production Honda in MotoGP. It was one of the ballsiest gambles I've seen for a dude to make in GP for some time. Um, Simon Patterson put it thusly. He came into MotoGP with buckets of talent, but very little self-control and paid the price for it physically and mentally. And then all that seemed to go away when he was a thousand and one long shot to win the TT Assen, and he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus can't, Christ. Can't really say it better than that. Exactly. Yeah, Miller is a hard worker, but he needs time and investment. And the thing is, the more investment that's been made into Miller since he's joined Ducati, the better he's gotten. So mm-hmm. there's every reason to believe he'll only continue to stride up, but he's coming into his prime. If anything, I thought it was quite interesting that Miller put out a very lengthy blog about the situation on his website as well, announcing the move, saying that, you know what, this is the like this is like a changing of the guard hire. Now, I wouldn't go that far on Miller, because Miller is kind of a series veteran at this point, given that, you know, it's Miller w- that's himself... Weird. Don't say it that. Is weird, cause so, yeah. We're talking because we're talking about Miller, who's a twenty-five-year-old. Uh, you know, talking about how like, but he's been in the top flight now. I think for five seasons. And yeah, you say like, that now. Mark Marquez is already twenty-seven this year. Yeah, and it the the logic that he had was that well, the experienced guys haven't done it, so let's give the youth a chance. And well. You look around the sport at the top and you see the names that are hovering in the mix of the next generation. Maverick Vinales, Jack Miller, Fabio Quattararo, Alex Rins, and arguably maybe Johan Mir you can throw in that mix as well. All under the age of 26, challenging a 27-year-old Marquez at the front of the field. And as we've seen, the older guys are starting to, to tail back a little bit now. Maybe not so much with Dovi, but Dovi's 35 this year. Um, and again, Valentino Rossi, who Shit, will probably still... that's weird to think of. Yeah, Rossi will still be on the grid next year after his 42nd birthday. You know, most likely yeah, the best Rossi, Rossi came in with the two strokes and outlasted the entire alien era. Pretty much. Like... Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to see that, you know, a changing of the guard is a fleet of 25 year olds, but it's, uh, it's wild to say the least, you know, how, how the dynamic of the sport is changing that, you know, 25 now makes you a series veteran, but also, also still makes you, makes you part of the new wave of the next wave of aliens. It's, it's kind of the weird. new veterans. A, a new veteran, a, a, a 25-year-old madcap Australian. But uh, we love to see it. We love Jack here on this on, on this Discord. So congratulations to him. It's worth pointing out he has got an option for 2022. I don't see any reason why Chikadi wouldn't take that on. But, uh, yeah, great to hear that Jack Miller will be around um, on the factory team in 2021. Finally, I love it. Finally. IndyCar is back next weekend at Texas. Hooray. Oh, shit. That snuck up on us real quick. Very quick. <laughs> and it's a weird one because after this, we won't be racing an IndyCar again for like five weeks. And then they've got five races in 15 days. <laughs> it's it's it's, a- it's like nothing changed. That's kind of like how the calendar was constructed at first. You go to St. Pete. It feels like you have two months off. And then there's like eight races in five days. It's, it is it is kind uh, of wild that's even a thing but it's, uh, it's a strange schedule it's but it's, it's a strange schedule it's a Texas race it's gonna be shorter than the usual 600 miles 
Um, 600 kilometers. 600 kilometers, yeah, my bad. I, got, I, got, I forget I'm in Queen's English still. Um, <laughs> but uh, being the only English guy here now at this point, it's kind of weird. But yeah, it's it, it's been shortened. I think, was it the 340 kilometers, is it? I want to say something like that. It's about... 340 or 350, I think. 340, I think it is. And King, I think you read it out before we went on the air that it looks like there's going to be limitations in place here. Yes, but the series has confirmed that there'll be a 35-lap stint limit for for tires. Would you like to explain why there is a 35-lap stint limit on tires, King? Yeah, 35 laps go by fast, Texas. Because due to the COVID-19 outbreak, Firestone has not been able to produce tires for this event. Oh, hmm. Go on. <laughs> so, in place of running tires made for Texas, they're going to run tires that were already made for the month of May to run at Indianapolis. An entirely different track. Uh, it's significantly uh, less banking. Yeah, Anyone yeah. else think this is a fucking bad idea? This sounds like a terrible idea. Like, I mean, at this point, we're already past the point of bad ideas. Texas decided we're going to reopen everything. I'm glad this race has happened. This first race happened to get Texas Motor Speedway, where people already socially distance by not packing the grandstands. Ugh. Y'all remember? Y'all remember the 2008 Brickyard 400 when you had? I do. That I do. race single-handedly devalued its status as a grand as a Grand Slam event. And let's lay the background for this. You had a new car in NASCAR with the car of tomorrow. You had yeah. Goodyear who were wholly unprepared for said new car of tomorrow. Yeah. You ha- you coupled that to the diamond cut surface of Indy, which they hadn't really developed the tires around properly. because They weren't really designed to run there. And you had arguably the biggest farce in last 20 years of nascar there's less variables in play with the indycar theme because the only thing that's different now with the 2020 indycars 2019 wow jesus 2020 has been a year by the way uh just the air they just added the aero screen it'll be a little bit heavier but it's not like they've completely changed the entire car around and i don't think texas has been repaved or reworked since the last time we raced there yeah, but, but also, yeah, how much ideal. how much heavier is the aero screen making the cars? Yeah, sixty pounds. Sixty pounds. I mean, that's not enough. Jesus. And these cars are pulling hella G's around Texas. That's like an entire me when I was a malnourished child. <laughs> I Christ. I don't. I don't like the sound of it. That's like one of my arms at this point. It's like, geez, that's that's a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I have my reservations about going to Texas Motor Speedway. Um, I hope we get through this one with no major life-altering consequences. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, I, I sincerely hope that everyone in in IndyCar has a safe has a safe race. But that a stint limit reminds me of. That race in Texas, it reminds me of Indianapolis 05, it reminds me of MotoGP at Phillip Island in 2013, mm. where just, if if tyres have to have stint limits, that means you can't guarantee their safety. And that's yeah. never a good sign. If the tyres are not fit for purpose on a 200 
and 10 plus mile per hour open wheel car should you be running the event probably not well, uh, uh, a rival company learned uh, learned similarly the hard way about twenty years ago, before yeah. they even got to have the race. Yeah, right. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're gonna watch it still because I mean, we're gonna watch it. Going of course, on. yeah, but, we're gonna watch know. it, and we're gonna hope that everyone makes it home safe. But yeah. it just the the optics of it are not great. No, Look, and... Lance Dance is over. The Lance documentary is going to wrap up today. I mean, <laughs> might as well. Yeah, God, I guess. Yeah, I, I, But that will just about do it for this episode of Motorsport 101. Places you can find us real quick one more time are on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And uh, handles you want to follow us personally at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at CBuckley917, and at Ryan Eric King. If you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all of these shows before they go out. Um, as Also, by the way, if if you're a backer at any level, you can get hold of our gaming of our video game special that's up there right now as we speak. That is available for free. We're probably going to bump this apt one up the queue because it's a bit more important. But hey, you can get 243 super early right now if you want on there for just a buck. So Patreon backers at any level, there's your chance for a very, very cheap episode. Um, as far as I'm concerned, less than a cup of coffee. Um, and if you if backers at the $10 level, you can get access to the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded. Thanks to everybody that's stuck around. We st- I still see... Steve, Vince, Lewis, uh, Rory's in here now. Toki, Vic, and Zoe. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Much, much appreciated. Um, We'll be back probably next week to talk about IndyCar and obviously their return and whatever else is in the news, I suppose. We'll have to wait and see how we go. Maybe we'll watch a film if some silly news doesn't drop in between us and another major recording. Please. I mean, we have to do a race review. So, (sighs) yeah. What is it with us yeah. and not being able to watch movies together? Like, like, like every, every time this happens, we get put off. And you know what? I'm wrapping this up now because we've actually kept this to under an hour and a half, and I'm very impressed with myself. Go us. I've been Andre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Cam Buckley, and Ryan Eric King. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. Later, y'all. If I just wait seven minutes before I say bye. (laughs) We haven't got time for that, mate.